Welcome to the Life Success Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, this is Chris Bay from the Life Success Legacy team, and I uh, want to welcome our listeners to another edition of our podcast. Um, this edition, we're going to be talking to some dear friends of ours who are up in Iowa, up in Pella, Iowa. And in fact, we're going to be headed up there uh, here in the next month to do one of our live boot camps. And we have um, some dear friends that we have um, been fortunate enough to develop relationships with up in the Pella area. And one of those, uh, one couple, are Scott and Gina Sales, who we have on our podcast today. Hey, Scott and Gina. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm super excited for this conversation Um, And part of that is I think you guys have a really great story to tell about um, how you've been able to apply IBC in your life and then also maybe how you see this in the future for your family, um, which is no small thing, your family, by the way. (laughs) So um, just to give the listeners a little bit of context, as much as you guys would like to share um, tell us about your family, your life, the work that you do, um, so they have some context. Okay, uh, I, sure. That sounds good, Chris. So uh, Scott and I have been married for 22 years. We have six children that range in age from 21 to 6. And I work full-time outside of the home, working on working part-time outside the home. Uh, a desk job. I'm a bookkeeper. I work in the office. So I'll let Scott tell you what he does. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm a barber uh, and also part-time stay-at-home dad. Part-time because the barber shop's gotten quite busy. So um, yeah. <laughs> so we're right now we're transitioning. So we're gonna have Scott work. Um, at an outside location, opening a new barbershop, and then I'm going to be home part-time and working part-time. Mm, right. And up to this point, Scott, your um, your shop has been in the home, part of the home. Is that right? Yes. Part of Gina and I kind of swapped roles about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I came home to take care of kids, and I had people requesting haircuts. So uh, we turned part of the house into a barbershop, and I've slowly kind of gotten busier and busier as we've gone along, and, and now the shop's become quite disruptive to the house, and uh, it's time to move it out. Good for you. So um, you all had started your IBC plan several years ago. Um, can you share with the listeners how you first heard about it? Um, was there any hesitation? Um what questions did you have about it or concerns? Um, and then what were some of the pieces that you liked about IBC? Well, I, I was the first one to hear about it. Um, it, was a, it was a house meeting. The Carlson's here in town had, had uh, Mike, I don't know if you were there, Chris, but Mike uh, gave a presentation and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mike is an interesting character and, uh, so I, I enjoyed it. I, I saw like the potential in it. I'm not a numbers person, but I, I saw the potential in it. I saw the excitement that, that Mike had. Um, and then I told Gina about it, but 
you could probably say where you took that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw it twice before Gina saw it for the first time. Well, and probably to put a little perspective, it was a year from the time that Scott learned about it until I went to your meeting um, here in Pella. So mm -hmm. backing up when Scott came home from his first meeting, he had this black book and uh, I was probably a little irritated. <laughs> yeah. And so, and he's explaining this to me and I, you know, he said he's not a numbers person. So I just pretty much told him he was crazy. I mm -hmm. was not even going to listen. I mean, I really wasn't going to listen to it. I wasn't going to read the book. Um, and you know, Scott's very patient and very go with the flow. So he just kind of let things go by. But what had um, meanwhile happened is um, Scott's parents, um, his dad passed away. His mom had already um, passed away. So we were looking at getting some inheritance. And I am the numbers person. And I found myself just continuously wanting to know, what do I do so I don't mess this up? What do I do with this money so that I'm honorable to his parents and I pull our lives forward a little bit? And there was not a good answer. Mm -hmm. it, there just, it just was not settling well. You know, we could upgrade our home. We could obviously pay off debt, um, sock it away for the kids for college. There seemed to be no end to the choices, but in the end... Buy things. <laughs> yeah, buy things. <laughs> in the end, it felt like we we're going to be very back at the same point. I mean, you know, we'd have spent all the money, and then we'd be doing what we're doing now. So somewhere along the lines in there, enough time had gone by, so you guys were coming back to Hella. So I came to the meeting um, with Scott and listened to your spiel. I still don't really think I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when was that when was that turning point for you because we had whole life insurance policies and i got with our agent and asked for our numbers and these were not the right kind of policies and i could not believe how much cash value i had in there that i did mm. not know about mm -hmm. that I realized there had to at least be an ounce of truth to this because I had it and didn't even know it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think for me too, it was just really not understanding, you know, what we had that even had cash value in, in life insurance policies. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. So well, we mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Well, I, I'm trying to say, I don't know that it was an exact turning point. Mm -hmm. um, kind of walked away from the meeting that night going, okay, I guess I, I need to do my research. And I need to do my stuff. And then I think it was really also just a realistic approach that, um, you know, we dealt with the death of our parents and this was not a burden we wanted to pass along to our kids. Mm -hmm. um, so it made sense that it would all be wrapped up in the same place. Was there anything in, you mentioned that, the passing of parents, mm -hmm. was there anything in that that you wish your parents would have known? <laughs> now you guys know, and you're, you're changing that course for future generations. Is there anything you wish your parents would have known or done differently? Definitely. My, and that's, that was, that's probably a, a real 
it, it kind of hurts because my, my dad had life insurance policies. I didn't really know the details of them, but he cashed them out uh, after my mom had died uh, to pay off debt. And just the little that I do know, there was a lot more money in there um, than the cash values. You know, it was worth a lot more than the cash values. So it uh, would have been nice to for him to know about uh, this type of, I guess, system, I would call it, um, rather than, than cashing out and getting the, the small amount of inheritance that we did of mm-hmm. selling property and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Well, and the great news is that you guys, um, and, and I think all of us feel this way, that Nelson Nash um, committed his life to sharing this concept with people. And I, you, we were just lucky enough to be the benefactors of this information. Um, and I see it as my responsibility to pass this information on to not only my family, but other people as well as many people who will listen. Um, so talk a little bit then about, um, what it was like to get started with your plan, um, working with our team and then, you know, some of your goals that you were wanting to accomplish and, and of those goals, what, what have you been able to accomplish? I'll let Gina talk because I'm all about the sizzle and I just get the thing idea going and then she cleans it up. (laughs) Which is, Scott, which is why I will say I was in the room at the Carlson's because the Carlson's have been longtime friends of mine. And of course, you're drawn to the sizzle, which would be Mike Everett and not even notice that I was there. (laughs) And, you know, trying to tell somebody about IBC is like trying to teach somebody a foreign language. I mean, it is, it's difficult to do. So yes. kudos to yes. you for, for making it a life mission. <laughs> okay, Gina, to you, um, getting started with your plan, some of your goals, the things you've been able to accomplish, what comes to mind for you? You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Probably the first couple of years, there was probably just a lot more faith of mm. okay this is what they're saying we need to do so we're gonna we're gonna do this and I would say it wasn't until year three that it really sunk in that I saw the numbers I saw what was happening here with my life and I also realized I didn't even know like this um, stress had been kind of ceased because my father passed away when I was 19 and left my mom raising kids in a financial mess. So Mm -hmm. the ability to know that I can be okay with death, if that would be what's in my near future, because everything's really going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that there's, that's not at first, it wasn't there for me, but that's kind of what probably plowed me through the first couple of years saying, this is why I'm doing this. So by year three, we were able to start moving the debt internally so that we could um, have, like I said, all wrapped up in our bank. So if we pass away, basically whatever we borrowed against our own bank, obviously is going to be removed from our death benefit. However, when you start to see this, then you also start to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we did acquire an RV. 
Mining tractor is in the backyard. Um, well, at the moment, I own four <laughs> antique barber chairs that are being restored for this new barber shop. Mm -hmm. And then our oldest son, this was probably the neatest part of our story. He's an entrepreneur, very much interested in owning a food truck. And so I have told him he's borrowing his inheritance early. So mm -hmm. we have borrowed against our policies in order to help him fund his truck. Obviously, the intention is he's going to be paying it back here as he can. But sure. in a very small way, we ex experience pretty quickly what it's like to be able to borrow money to your family from your own bank. So can you start to imagine that idea of family banking and what that could look like, especially with the size family you guys have? Yeah, it's very reasonable now that I've seen how it worked just with Scott and I policies to be able to borrow back out against them in order to start other policies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very real. And there's just an extreme sense of, um, boy, I really don't want to bury one of my kids, but it really doesn't look nearly as difficult as it was, would have been because I wouldn't have to go back to work right away. I mean, I could just take the time that I needed. Yeah. And there, there is something about that for us anyway, at least very personal for me. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, when you think about IBC, it uses whole life insurance. And the, as Nelson said, whole life insurance is almost misnamed. It's really a banking tool with a death benefit attached. But because of your life experiences for both of you, the life insurance piece is a significant part of this whole process for you guys because of your experiences. Well, and one of the best ways that I heard it was, you know, this is a loan with collateral. You know, your collateral is your life. It is going to be able to be paid off. There is one. This is a sure thing in life. Mm hmm you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's an early payment on your death benefit. It is. It's just, it just makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but it, it kind of, for me, I was forced to kind of learn more and grow more a couple years into the policies if you really wanted to start to use it for what it is worth because it, it forces you to understand and make your world a little bit bigger because you're really starting to function outside of the box. Mm. And now for myself, you know, I've been emailing, trying to figure this out. I'm now trying to explain this to my young adult and teenage children. And that's, that's a task. I need them to understand this, not only for our policies, but, you know, whether or not they would choose to continue to do this, I would like them to understand why we chose it. Yeah, I think about that with my own daughters. Um, I think about, okay, at some point I'm going to be able to leave a financial legacy. And really the legacy I want to leave is the knowledge. I want them to understand this tool that they have, this gift that they have. I don't want them to just receive a check. I want them to know how to utilize that. So really almost back to what you started with is you guys received a check. And you wanted to make the most of it. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. what took you down this path of, of researching it. Scott, 
Yeah. Mr. Sizzle. Yeah. What what has been the sizzle for you? You were the one who who started digging into this initially, came to uh, our first presentation, our first boot camp up in Pella. What's the sizzle for you? What has been the sizzle for you? You know, I've been distracted with with this barbershop, but I think probably the sizzle now is just Gina understanding it and Gina being happy and the, the level of stress being like not removed, but significantly reduced. Mm-hmm. Um, is is probably the biggest sizzle for me now. Yeah, when when Mama's happy, that's a good sizzle, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I, to- <laughs> I totally get that for sure. Yeah. So, tell me now, because you guys have started to do uh, to add to your system, um, you have several policies and now you're actually adding more even as of this week you've started more applications talk to us about that thought process and when how and why are you adding more policies how are you able to do that how is that happening i just need to simply say yes (laughs) i was hoping i was getting your spat explain this (laughs) So, because we were a family with a single income, I got pretty good about moving money around and having money where I needed it to be at the right time. I just was obviously using other resources, right? So, in the Mm -hmm. traditional way, sure, maybe you put in your credit card and then three weeks later, you know the money's coming in. So, you just kind of make it all work. And then you pay off that credit card, but then the car needs tires, so then you rearrange a little more. And so I quickly realized that just with a little bit of strategy that I could utilize some of the credit that I had right now in order to make things snowball a little bit faster, you could say, with opening more policies for my kids. So... Truly, I mean, at this point in time, once Robert pays us back his money from his food truck, that will be the funds to start the next round here. And then it is just really just borrowing money from one to the other if you need to in order to make the payments as we, excuse me, in order to flip the debt to the other, to the policies that you have externally. So you just kind of have to start it, but then once it snowballs, it's simply it. You're borrowing out of your own bank to pay the debt you have right now, and then you just keep doing it. <laughs> to some of our listeners, that may sound crazy. You know, oh, they may well, not understand it. But could you have any, when you first started learning about IBC, could you have done what you just explained? Could I have done that, like using external banking resources? Well, and, and knowing how to um, utilize multiple policies and move that money between the policies, as you described, could you, did you imagine that when you first started your system? No, not, not at all. Because we were, I was, so I guess we didn't clarify that, but we just started out with two policies for Scott and myself. And really, um, like I said, it was probably a little bit more of a leap of faith that it was all going to be fine because there's a death benefit attached to it right so Mm -hmm. you know it's not a bad use of money because 
it's very clear you can always take out what you put into it so it's not going to be any problem long term so would I say did I imagine this no because part of it would be Chris I didn't as I grew and as I got to know myself a little more and became more honest with who I am and my life experiences it became very clear to me that death benefit financial death benefit on my children as well as insuring them when I they are insurable because things happen mm-hmm. um, became a high priority and we yeah. know we all spend our money where our priorities are right so mm-hmm. it just became obvious that this needed to be our next step that we needed to keep moving money around our bank in order to start policies on every member of our family mm. that's good are there um, things that you imagine in the future, like you're looking forward to um, with your IBC system? You know, steps that you see in the future that maybe you're not quite ready for, but you're looking forward to. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> Scott, just give me a look. <laughs> yeah, I'm mesmerized. So we, we have a whole lot of fun dreaming. I can't, you know, we do have a six-year-old, so our life is a bit um, constricted by choice when we choose not to uproot the daily grind too badly on our children. So like moving and doing something radical is not really an option, but we certainly talk about the abilities there that we could someday rent our house, which is currently really not ideal for as our families um, changing. We could rent our house and buy a different one because we'd have the money in our policies for a down payment on another house. It's pretty easy to think about a smaller home improvement project, which in our case would be like a complete overhaul of landscaping around. Because it <laughs> yes. just really wouldn't be a pro- it just really wouldn't be difficult to say, okay, in the next round, that's what we're gonna borrow the money back out and do. Um we Oftentimes, yes, talk about upgrading our RV and hitting the road, and you might not be able to find us Mm -hmm. for a little while, (laughs) because we have really loved and enjoyed doing that. But again, it's it's the ability to uh, right now dream, because some of the stress is gone and some of the financial concerns are gone, but not necessarily, it's not the time to implement and you don't have to go to a banker and try to explain those dreams and try to justify how you know what you want to spend your money on and, and all those things. It's a, it's a good and a bad thing. So. Yeah, that was one of the the key points in one of our other podcasts with um, Dr. Brian Heck. He was expanding his dentistry practice, and he said he said I literally giggled because I'm so used to going to the bank and putting together this whole documentation as to how and why I'm going to take this loan. And he said, I literally just signed a paper and emailed it and the check showed up in my account. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's an, it's an amazing tool. I mean, it just is. So the other, Uh, Oh, go ahead. Well, I, you know, I just willing to share, I, I have a coworker who 
received a substantial larger inheritance than I did. And she actually was at my desk, um, somewhat in tears because her husband really wanted her to put it into a traditional investment. And they did, but she knew she was gonna have to pay taxes on it when she took it back out. Mm -hmm. And they were planning to use it to live on it, but this was a way to sock it away for the moment. And that the, the income, the taxes is just um, a very real um, expense. Yeah, that, that is not there any for this system. So. Yeah, and for our listeners, there is a documentary that is recently released. Um, it's called The Tax Train, and it's not an IBC um, documentary at all, but it talks about the um, anticipation of our income taxes going dramatically up. In fact, at this point, we are at a historic low level of income taxes. And when you look at our deficit and our national debt, it's really, there's only one way for taxes to go. And at the end of the documentary, they suggest two places that people should have their money. And that is a Roth IRA or whole life insurance because of the after tax mm -hmm. um, benefits of it is that you've already paid the taxes on it. And now you don't have to worry about those taxes rising in the future. Yeah. So what you're saying is we should buy our RV in a state that does not have income tax, right? Yes. <laughs> I would do that. Um, you guys would be interested. We, we have some other clients who they just sold. Now, they don't have young children. Their kiddos are in their early 20s now. But they just um, sold their house, and they've been working on renovating an old – it's similar to an Airstream camper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they are they are hitting the road. Mm -hmm. I bet. Yep. We have another couple uh, who have been clients for ours for years. And gosh, for at least five years, we've been working on a plan. And they are moving to Hawaii and oh. um, starting um, a bed and breakfast and tiny home community out in Hawaii. Wow. So your time is coming, my friends. Keep dreaming. Yes. <laughs> Keep dreaming. I had I had one more question that I wanted to ask you, and I know we're running um, running on time, but I wanted to ask you about you talked about the talking with your kids about mm -hmm. IBC. Mm -hmm. What has been your approach? Um, do you have any suggestions or maybe just even, you know, how have you talked to your kids about this? What has worked well for you? Mm -hmm. Well, they're teenagers, so does anything work well? <laughs> well I hear you on that. Honestly, I think it's probably, it doesn't matter teenagers. I think it's just with anybody. It, it's almost like a chipping away type of thing. You just need to drip some information and, and come at it again at a different time because I mean, it, it takes a little bit to understand what you're talking about. And certainly with teenagers and kids. I don't know what's going on. Scott, it almost sounds like you're describing how you got Gina involved with this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what I would say, Chris, is probably at this point, the best things that have happened is we just plain talk about it. It's not anything hush-hush. It's, it's well known. This is where this money is coming from. This is how this is working. Um, we we are probably 
I'm more open to talking about money and finances than I ever have. I mean, that's kind of just allows it to be an open book. And with our, with our kids, I mean, they just, you know, they don't have to pay bills, obviously, and figure out where money's going to come from. And if we do this, then we can't do this. So it just allows a lot more of those conversations. Mm. Well, how did that conversation um, play out when you were talking with your son about the food truck loan? Yeah. Um, well, again, I think it's a little bit of he, he doesn't really care because <laughs> he's getting the money. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably in some ways what I would say if I was concerned about is it almost made it too easy. Like, I want to make sure that even though you don't have to go to a bank with a big business proposal, but you're still accountable to making sure that you're actually doing the business part of this, that that I don't make this too simple for him. And that, um, that really was what the conversation was, that just because I'm your bank, um, I still really need to make sure that you're doing all things right. So you're going to end up having to tolerate maybe more questions from me than you would from another, from a, a mom in a different circumstance, because I'm your banker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, so, and actually we have some parents who will um, provide loans to their kids and yeah. we actually will be involved with that and provide documentation and even a loan contract that very specifically says, for example, if they're not making payments, there may be penalties or eventually that food truck may be, may become yours and you sell it. Right. Yeah. Just like it, just like it would be at a, at a bank. Yeah. And I, so this is our first time around with that. I think the part we're trying to help, I'm trying to help our younger children. So this would be our kids who are 17 and 18 understand um, they have choices about their money just because their employer offers them a retirement plan they should still understand it they should ask questions it's more so along just generic education about financial literacy Mm -hmm. as opposed to specifically IBC I would love for them to pick IBC I'd probably be disappointed if they didn't but I'm not going to help them by taking the choice away from them. So the way they're going to have to choose this for themselves is education. And honestly, at this point in time, very practically, I just keep buying books. I just <laughs> I pass them around from kid to kid, and then I check back with them and ask them if they read them or what they think. I mean, I will send them little snippets in their email or articles or whatever, but it's really at this point in time just more so keeping it in front of them. That right. You can't forget about this because whether you like it or not, you will be involved. I mean, this is what your dad and I have chosen. So someday this is going to be in your lap. And I'd really like to make sure that you at least have a shell of an understanding of it. In our case, because we have six children, most likely one of them is going to keep the whole thing in check. (laughs) (laughs) You probably probably in mind have, have an idea of which one that is, too. I'm a little suspicious. You'll see him again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun. We did. Um, we had our youngest client to date, um, a young man who um, is 19 years old, 
and um, he has watched his parents over the years with us get their financial world in shape. And what's amazing is their marriage has improved during that time. The friction about money has improved. He's observed this whole thing. And then he talked to his mom and said, I would like to start a plan. And so he is to date our youngest policy owner that he started his own policy for himself. And I I can tell you that policy excites me as much as some of our bigger clients who pay bigger premiums. Um, That just as a, as an educator, you know, as someone who worked in education for over 20 years, seeing a young person take a concept applied in their own life and know what that's going to create for them down the road. That was so rewarding to be a part of that. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Yeah. yeah. I think we're probably close to being able to do that with some of your kids as well. Yes, that certainly was part of what accelerated the, I have to get these guys on board to understand this because we certainly do have, oh, a couple who are savers. So they have a, they do have a little bit of a nest egg that they need to start making some choices about, honestly, before it just disappears, because that's what happens. Yeah. So. Is there anything else before we wrap up here that you're just really wanting to share with the listeners? Anything that we've missed that uh, would be a golden nugget that you'd like to share? Um, you know, I, I think, Chris, I would say that Anybody who is listening who would be, I'm going to say, in the same status of life as us, you might not have six children, but you would be moving into a new phase. Possibly you'd be getting some inheritance. Maybe some of the debt is gone. Maybe you're looking at being able to have a double income. Maybe you only had a single income. Any of these life changes in which involve some money, you owe it to yourself to to learn a little bit more and it's okay if you want to go slow but not to rule this out just because it sounds crazy um you should give it a try well said all right I've got a smile from Scott, so I must have done okay. <laughs> and, and, and I, I said, give, it a, give it a try means just learn a little bit more Go ahead. I mean, even if Nelson Nash's book doesn't do it for you because you're not into all the illustrations and examples, find something else. And they can talk to you to get some great choices. And I think what we pride ourselves on at Life Success and Legacy is the education part. We always talk about there's three parts to our process. And number one is education. The second part is then when we start to discuss what your dreams and your hopes are. And then we design the strategy for you to match that, um, your dreams and your hopes with your financial situation. But it all starts with number one, and that is education. And we feel like we are, um, if not the best, one of the best at educating our potential new clients and then also our ongoing coaching with our existing clients. Um, The conversations that we get to have with our existing clients, I just had one this morning actually, um, they've been clients for they're they're paying their fourth premiums, and we got to share some ideas with them that they had never even considered, or maybe they'd heard it, but it wasn't time to hear it yet. 
that was so fun because you could see their eyes opening up. And as our mission statement says, inspiring financial hope and freedom, you could see their hope going, oh, I could see this such a bigger picture for us than what we've currently been seeing. So you guys have been great. To our listeners, um, if you happen to be traveling through Pella, Iowa and need a haircut, I recommend you look up Scott Sales. (laughs) He'll give you a good cut as uh, as you're traveling through. Um, in all seriousness, um, Scott and Gene, I want to thank you so much for taking time away from your family um, to spend a little bit of time with us and sharing your story. I know just from feedback that we've received that um, these podcasts speak to a lot of people. Um, Michael Crawford, I think last time he told us that we're somewhere in the range of 40, 45 states that um, people listen to these. And we try to release them about every two weeks. Um, so I'm very grateful that you took the time to share your story because um, I know it's going to connect with people. So from from us to you, thank you very much. And I get to see you guys here in wow. a pretty short amount of time. We'll be coming up to Pella, Iowa. So I can't wait to give you guys some hugs. Mm-hmm. It'll be good to see you guys. Yeah. I'll have my What's that? You're not Mike, are you? <laughs> oh yeah, we travel as a couple. <laughs> we are we are the ultimate odd couple for sure. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> um, to our listeners, thank you for joining us for our podcast. I hope you enjoyed Scott and Gina's story. Um, I hope that's beneficial to you. For more information, um, go to our website, lifesuccesslegacy.com. We have we have a lot of information on there for different learning styles. And as I always say, if you have not read Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, we highly encourage you to get a copy. You can purchase that off our website, um, or if you know someone, borrow it. We even had a client who found a Nelson Nash, Becoming Your Own Banker, in a used bookstore. He picked it up because he thought it looked interesting, and he is now a client, (laughs) which is hilarious to me. Yeah. So if you all will uh, check out our website and get your hands on a Nelson Nash book. And uh, if you have any questions or you think we could be of help, we would love to talk with you. Um, Reach out to us. Uh, Until our next podcast, Scott and Gina, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you.